0: Welcome back, folks. Hey, let me ask you a question. Are you a Canadian who's been thinking about investing south of the border in the good old U.S. of A? If so, today's special guest, Janie Grenier, is our expert to find out all about how to do this because that's exactly what Janie's done. That's what she's been doing for a number of years, and she started with small deals and has worked up into much Well, she kept going with small deals, but now is also doing bigger deals, multifamily properties, mobile home parks, all sorts of great things. So, Janie, great to meet you. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much. Great to be here.
0: So I'm looking in your background there. There's quite the uh, funky backdrop going on there. So maybe give our viewers (laughs) and listeners a little idea of where you're at right now.
1: Absolutely. So this is Cleveland's best board game house, which we are actually theming right now. So one thing that we love to do is we love short-term rentals in different markets, and we love distinguishing ourselves. So we love doing things outside of the box to really offer guests an experience they'll always remember. And we do that in Cleveland and in Orlando, Florida.
0: Well, Orlando, Florida, I can see that being a sexy Airbnb market. Cleveland, (laughs) Ohio, maybe not so much, but hey, what do I know? (laughs)
1: <laughs> Cleveland, Ohio is actually a great market to be in on the long-term side and on the short-term side. So yes, people are always uh, amazed at,
0: at Cleveland when I bring it up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. So tell us how this all got started. How did you get into real estate investing and how, as a Canadian, did you end up down in the States?
1: Perfect. Well, just uh, quickly, I've been investing in Canada for 17 years and uh, basically wanted to buy a property every five years, buy five by the time you retire and hopefully sell off the first one and then, you know, live off the cash flow. When you're part of network uh, networks and, you know, um, I was invited to come meet someone who was investing in U S real estate. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that really just blew my mind. I couldn't, I didn't know that the opportunities were south of the border were so interesting. And uh, when we decided to, um, to start looking seriously into the U S we, I mean, it blew our minds, literally. So we started investing uh, almost ten years ago now, uh, with very little uh, limited funds. So we decided to look at the different areas in in the U.S. and say, "Listen, we're not investing in our backyard. So where does it make sense for us to invest? Where there's we get more bang for a buck, the returns are great, and there's no landlord laws
0: or you know Minimal. less landlord laws <laughs> Few, and fewer yeah, too. yeah, exactly. So so where where were you investing in Canada prior to moving to this down to the states? Right.
1: I did a, in Quebec, so Naval Tree, uh, Quebec. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then I jumped to Ontario, a little bit of Ontario investing as well. And, um, and then started in the US, in Cleveland, Ohio was the first uh, place we stopped.
0: <laughs> All right. So you started in Cleveland. What kind of properties were you doing 10 years ago when you first got started? Single family homes. Uh huh. So single family, traditional long term rental type situation. Okay. Correct. So the,
1: the, the, the residential properties, so one to four units was basically what we started with. Yes
0: ok, And you say you started with very little money. So what how were you doing that? Were you able to get bank financing down in the states? Did you have to go in all cash? What did Absolutely. that look like at that time, Jen?
1: So we did get a mentor when we first got started because we didn't want to do uh, we didn't want to you know do the whole trial and error. Um, so we got a Canadian mentor at the time, which showed up it, it helped us show us the ropes of the business. From there, we invested heavily in that mentorship, so we had thirty-nine thousand dollars left to spend, and that was on credit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so bouncing credit cards at zero percent in Canada. Mm-hmm. So when we started looking at different markets, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, was the first market we we landed on, and we bought our first property cash, nine thousand dollars, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, nine thousand dollars, and it was in okay condition. It wasn't in terrible condition. It needed about thirty thousand dollars worth of work. Uh, from there, that was our $39,000. Yeah, that,
0: that pretty much <laughs> that tapped you guys <laughs> out there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> And uh, we were able to get it appraised for, I think it was $74,000, got 70% loan to value, got all our money back and a little bit more. And we were able to recycle that capital, uh, essentially
0: doing the bur model over mm-hmm. and over again in the
1: first year. Yes.
0: All right. So the first year of doing deals in Cleveland, how many burs did you guys do? We bought five properties that first year, nice. including a triplex. Yes. So, uh, just out of curiosity, were you still living in Canada, or did you move down to the states, to, or what? Where do you guys spend the most of your time these days?
1: Uh, so, so no, we've been Canadian, living in Canada for most of this ten-year span. We just okay. got our U.S. visas, but it's it's brand new from this year. So okay. since then,
0: yeah. <laughs> so you're doing all of this at a distance, right? Finding crews, renovations, the whole bit, because you guys were yeah. living full-time in Canada. Absolutely. all yes. right, Very cool. So that's the first year. You did five burrs with single-family homes, recycling your own funds. Where did things go from there? Because it, it sounds like you've built up fast and quick and big.
1: Yes. So the next year we started, we still continued in the residential and then started looking at other opportunities. So we went a little bit bigger in the in the apartment space. And then we did mobile home parks after that. So in three years when we first started, we started investing in mobile home parks. So quickly went to 42 doors, and that became our, our financial number where we were able to retire from our day jobs at that point. Nice. And then quickly just Continue recycling the capital into mobile home parks, into other apartment buildings, other single-family homes, and uh, yeah, it just grew. And in less than five years, we owned over a hundred doors in the U.S.
0: So a hundred doors, including mobile home pads, is is that what you're talking about there as well? Mobile home parks. Yeah. Yeah. Very very cool. So what? uh, So you've done single-family homes, you've done mobile home parks. These days looks like. Short-term rentals are a big thing. Yeah.
1: These days we're doing more of the short-term rental themed properties experiences and I'm having a ton of fun doing them because I'm the one designing them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It looks like, it looks like a fun property. So what does your, if if you had to chunk up your portfolio right now, what does it look like? Like, do you still have the $8,000 properties you bought back in the day as long-term rentals or have you kind of, Consolidated out of that. What what does your portfolio look like?
1: We days? haven't sold many of our properties over the years, but a lot of them, a lot of the, a lot of the small properties that we did buy back in the day are now short-term rentals, mainly in Cleveland, Ohio. So that mm-hmm. first property that I bought for nine thousand you know, all in 39,000 generates about $35,000 a year in gross income short-term <laughs> rental. Yeah. Made Hard itself over that. and over
0: again. Let's just say <laughs> it's paid for itself. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Well,
0: that is wonderful. So yeah. how did you guys clue into short-term rentals, especially in Cleveland?
1: Um, Funny thing we, so, you know, we, we've been traveling to the U S quite frequently But uh, when we were in Canada, the the six to nine months that we were in Canada, we kind of wanted something to do. So we started doing short term rentals in Canada. And then eventually, as our tenants cycled out uh, of our long term holdings, we started thinking, well, why don't we start doing short term rentals in Cleveland? We'll have a, a place to stay. Usually, when we come down to Cleveland, we'd stay in one of our Properties that were being renovated, so often Mm -hmm. we didn't have a toilet or running water. You know, Mm -hmm. we did what we needed to do to get. (laughs) Yeah, today was just fun. But we're like, oh, it'd be nice, you know, to have some hot water when we come down. So and a nice and a nice
0: play, completely furnished. (laughs) That that'd be pleasant. Yeah,
1: exactly. So it kind of started that way, where we just converted one property into a a short-term rental, and um, we started seeing that I was making really good money. So when we were not there, which was Obviously, most of the time, yeah. it was generating 25 dollars a year in short-term rental income, which was fantastic. So, wait, wait a minute—I think we have something going on. And as we started, you know, looking at our, our portfolio and converting them, well, they started converting very well, and we started theming them very lightly. Like one of them is the Cleveland's Best Fun House. It has a, a pool table, another pool table, but an air hockey table, a foosball table, and a ping pong table. And that property we bought for twenty. Twenty-five thousand dollars generates over forty-five thousand dollars a year. It's incredible. (laughs) And so there's a little niche there, and people ask me all the time, why are you know why is people coming to Cleveland? Why are they coming here? And I stopped asking myself that question, you know, years ago. (laughs) I don't (laughs) but who who
0: knows? Who cares? But they are coming. Yeah. Who
1: knows? But I mean, someone came down from China for a yo-yo tournament that was staying in one of our short-term rentals. I'm like, okay, that's it. I stop asking why questions now. (laughs) Everybody's welcome.
0: (laughs) So, Janie, over the years, I know you've you've seen a lot of other Canadians starting to invest down in the States. I believe you guys are helping people to do that. What what were some of the big obstacles or, or learnings that you guys had to go through to really get it dialed in to avoid mm-hmm. double taxation, litigation, all these kind of things that so many Canadians are worried about investing yeah. in the States?
1: Absolutely. Well, the especially on was-
0: a budget back in the day.
1: Oh yes, absolutely you don't eat it. Yeah. We didn't want to make a mistake. The <laughs> yeah. We would have been fried. Um, obviously financing was a big one uh, because we we wanted to recycle our capital. And the other one was definitely the entity structure and how do we protect ourselves, our our, our properties, what we have in Canada. That was another big one. Um, yeah. Those, those were the two main ones. And then how do we, how do we do this from a distance? Who do we mm-hmm. trust or how does it work from a distance? So then that's where property management companies start coming into play, but those are things that we don't necessarily think about.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Can you kind of give us a big picture Thirty thousand foot perspective of those different things. So, for example, the how to structure things entity wise as a Canadian investing in the states. What what have you found has worked best for you guys?
1: Absolutely. Well, we have an incredible lawyer that we've been working with since the very beginning, and they don't fall from the sky. This guy knows cross border law. He mm-hmm. knows cross border taxation. So when he sets up your entities, he knows exactly which entity is the best one for you, depending on you know your situation in canada so mm-hmm. that's number one is finding the right people that know exactly what you need and a lot of lawyers don't know they don't know they think llc's is okay for for canadians and it is not for the most part um so don't pay for a lawyer to learn what what you need right
0: yeah so is this that's a canadian you're... lawyer doing stuff in the states or an american lawyer who just really knows yeah,
1: it's an american canadian lawyer he's out of utah but originally mm-hmm. from cleveland ohio
0: Okay, there you go. All right, very good. And then when it comes to the property management side of things, what have you found works best to find these managers at a distance? And not just the managers, but you guys did a bunch of burrs. So it was whole renovation construction teams as well.
1: Yeah, that's obviously a whole project where ideally you, uh, you know, we when we came down in in the beginning we would do a lot of REI meetings so we'd come down to cleveland or to orlando and we'd actually meet a lot of investors who to use who have you dealt with who's not to use you know like sharing contacts like that and real estate is really a people business so if you're there you share value you ask for their contacts usually people are very you know open about giving them especially those that actually do work well so it's it's about building the teams there is a little bit of elbow, elbow grease that needs to be put into this business Uh, coming down, seeing, seeing the properties, seeing the people communicating. That's how we got started in the beginning. And it's just been, you know, word of mouth word of mouth. And that's, that's, that's been good.
0: Well, you guys are doing this full time now. But back in the day, 10 years ago, when you started, you weren't, I I assume that you were both working at jobs or whatever, back in Canada. So those first five deals that first year, Were you guys going down to Cleveland, looking at these properties, that kind of stuff? How did that work out logistically? We were.
1: We were often coming down because we realized that we weren't going to be working at our jobs for the rest of our lives. So we made sacrifices to sometimes take a day off and get a little bit of a paycheck on the front end so that the back end can actually work. So we did come down pretty often to supervise the team, to to meet with people, to make those connections. We wanted this to be our life, mm-hmm. so you know we made choices in consequence of that.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense. I don't know what the distances are. How far is Cleveland away from from where you guys? not a twelve-hour drive. That's a that's a jaunt. Were you driving down or flying down? We were too too poor to
1: fly at the <laughs> time.
0: <laughs> well, we're Canadians. We're, we're we're used to those long drives. That's for sure. But twelve hours is a stretch. That's. uh especially if you're going down for a weekend kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you want something, right, you, 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 you go you after need it and you do everything you can to, to get yeah. where you need to go.
0: So where are you guys going, moving ahead? What are your plans for the future real estate wise?
1: So right now we're having fun in the short-term rental space, both in Orlando and here in Cleveland. So we're going to stick to this space for a little bit. We're still looking at mobile home parks. We do enjoy those uh, impacting communities at once, which is a, a lot of fun. But that's where we're going to stay, uh, yeah,
0: for a little while. You're having, so I'm just really curious. Tell me a little bit more about this whole themed short-term mm-hmm. rental thing. So how did you clue into that? And give us an idea of the different kinds of themed properties you currently have right now. Perfect. So um, I wanted a property in Florida.
1: And the returns on investment in Florida are okay. But compared to Cleveland, they're not, it's not coming close to what we get in Cleveland. Um
0: so, it's there's a lifestyle. The prices are so much higher.
1: Exactly. So, the, the lifestyle component is there, but the, the returns aren't so great. And so, we started looking at different options. How can we make this possible? And then we met uh, someone who was deeming properties and said, wait a minute, that, that's an interesting option. So, we bought a property last year, actually using our RSPs for the first time, uh, being able to use our Canadian RSPs without breaking them. And we bought this house in Davenport, Florida, where we turned it into a Harry Potter fully themed experience. So from the moment you walk into the house, it it plays the Harry Potter song. It feels like you're in the castle. Every single room is actually just this incredible masterpiece. And it's an experience that guests remember forever. So it's an eight bedroom house. It has its own pool. And so we're offering this guest experience uh, that is out of this world extraordinary, which is
0: really cool. Well, that must have been a pretty penny to get that property completely renovated. It was. It was. Period. It was
1: about a two hundred thousand dollar renovation. I yeah. would think at least. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but but it generates over one hundred and fifty thousand
0: dollars per year. Wow. Yeah. No, that, that one, one house, pretty good. <laughs> that gets your return pretty quickly, that's for sure. Yeah. What are some maybe less extreme examples of other themed properties? You're in the game room right now of one in, in yeah. Cleveland. Yes, yeah. so, so this that's...
1: house is going to be a board, house, uh, board game room house. We have a rock and roll um, that is being themed right now. We have a sports theme. We have uh, a Pixar house themed as well in Orlando. So there's all kinds of fun themes that you know, we're playing with.
0: Yeah. Nice. And what, what do you find? For like the the not so extreme themed properties yeah. like the board house and the Pixar house and that those kind of things that, sure, it costs a few bucks to to get them themed, but not nothing crazy no. like the Harry Potter house. No. What kind of a bump does that give you in revenue or profit versus that same property unthemed as a short-term rental?
1: Probably a good fifteen to twenty thousand bump uh, in on the gross revenue, which is quite significant.
0: Yeah, I so I guess what would that be percentage wise? What kind of uh, increase in in
1: percentage wise? Give or take. I mean, on a cap rate, if you buy a property, it's just I mean short-term rental, you're probably looking at 10, 10% cap, 12% cap on a on a regular purchase. It bumps it up easily to about a 20, 25% cap rate. Wow. Which is really good.
0: No, that's that yeah. is amazing. Well, Janie, interesting, interesting, fantastic journey that you guys have had so far. I'm sure that you will see much continued success. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Absolutely. Facebook is the best way to connect with me. So that's my my full name,
0: Janie Granny. All right. Well, Janie, thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you, Dave. Thank you.
0: All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.